So there's an expression called something like student of the game. He's a student of the game. She's a student of the game. I'm a student of the game. What does it mean to be a student of the game? It's just a phrase, obviously, but uh, a meaning we can uh, denote to it that could be that a student of a given game is somebody that really truly wants to learn uh, uh, about how something works and wants to and is willing to change him or herself in order to to, to accommodate the, the objective constraints of the given game or the given arena or the given competition and consequently approaches uh, uh, the, the matter with the mentality of a beginner, even if uh, uh, one is advanced, with the mentality of a student, with the mentality of somebody that wants to learn as opposed to simply imposing his or her will onto something. So, for example, uh, let's say somebody is a veteran quarterback in the NFL. If they're a student of the game, then they will still say, as much as as much as much I've accomplished, as confident as I am in my abilities, I understand I can still improve indefinitely. There might be particular people that I can learn from, but even if not, I can improve just in comp- as it concerns the game itself. I can still throw more accurately. I can still be a better athlete. Right? Uh, I can still know the ins and outs of the game even better. And consequently, I'm a student of the game. I'm not showing up saying I'm such and such a star. I'm such and such VIP. The game is a student of me, right? I am football. I am the, the given sport. I have nothing left to learn. Uh, as uh, Instead, I'm a student. I'm willing to learn. Uh, or maybe somebody's a student of business, right? Uh, I'm a student of the game of business. So here, a person isn't saying, you know, I've earned such and such amount of money, which means money and I are one. There's nothing else I can learn, uh, right? I've, I've got it all figured out. I've got, uh, I have a big corporation here, right? A couple of employees. That's it. There's nothing else I need to know. A student of the game of business saying, no, <laughs> unless I'm a couple, a handful of individuals that do happen to be the richest or the one person, whoever it is, that happens to be the richest in the world. There's many, many, many people that are richer than me. Right? Or I could be the 10th richest. We get the point. There's a certain amount of people that are richer than me. And uh, there's probably people that are more successful than me in business. But even if not, who's to say there's a ceiling, there's a limit to how successful it's possible to be in business, in finance, in, in making money. So consequently, I want to learn. I want to really be humble and say, yeah, I'm confident in my abilities, but I want to learn more and be a student of this game. So these are examples, specific examples, and obviously we could extend them to anything at all that is done. I can be a student of the game of um, uh, computer programming, of chess, of ping pong, of uh, badminton, of, of uh, uh, running marathons, of uh, uh, whatever profession I do, of being a car mechanic or a plumber or a painter or a home builder or a farmer or, or a, a factory worker. Anything at all, right? And again, just to, to abstract from the generalities, again, we'll repeat. It means not uh, allowing uh, the, the natural vanity that we have, not allowing the natural grandiosity that's always trying to kind of bubble up. It's not allowing it to, to uh, gain control. Uh, it's, it's resisting the urge to suppose oneself to be an owner and master over something. 
right, that, that to run the game uh, 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 because I'm special, right? Not because I'm good, not because I've changed myself, but just because I'm me, right? Just because I'm me, I'm supposed to be the richest. I got nothing to learn about money. Just because I'm me, I'm supposed to be the best boxer. I've got nothing to learn from the greats uh, 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 as to how boxing is supposed to be done and so forth and so on. So we resist that. And we discipline ourselves into having the mentality of, of somebody, again, that's a student. But here we want to apply it to something broader. And, and that's, we would say, as it concerns what we can call truth overall, right? So here we see the strongest of urges uh, in, in, in all of us from the very beginning, as it seems, to be a master over truth. To, instead of learning uh, 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 what is true, trying to force what is true. All right, so for example, uh, a, a little kid maybe is learning the multiplication table. What's five times five? 26. No, it's 25. No, I want it to be 26. I said it's 26. Not icy, not all kids. There's different temperaments. There's kids with very sweet, uh, uh, nice dispositions and temperaments, and they might say, oh, no problem. It's 25. So there we might have to look a little bit harder to find the same psychological uh, function at, at play, but it's probably somewhere there, right? Because it's not. Uh, so arbitrary and contingent, it's something deep and fundamental, we would say, or eventually leading back to something deep and fundamental. Right, but from the very beginning, we want to, 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 to be a, a master over truth. Right? We want to say, I didn't eat the cookie from the cookie jar because I didn't. I don't want to get in trouble. The dog did eat my homework because it did. I don't want to get in trouble. And, and this continues, obviously, into our adult years where we want to uh, control truth. We want to feel like we have a grip on reality, but not because we've changed ourselves, but because, again, that, that grandiosity, that vanity. It's like, of course I, I know. Of course I know the truth. Of course I have all the right opinions. Of course I know what's good, right? The, the more flagrant expressions of this kind of urge we see with people that uh, buy into some or another conspiracy or have a very strongly held opinion as to uh, when there's going to be a big war or a big plague or something like this, right? I want I want to feel control over over life, over my reality. I know that there's going to be a war. I know this person is going to be elected. I know who runs the banks and the intergalactic uh, moon uh, Mars alliance. I know all of this, right? The spaceship with the you know the government and all these things. I know this. I'm in control. <laughs> so uh, uh, those are actually the, the more kind of, kind of flagrant manifestations right? or I'm in control because, you know, I, I saw in the newspaper this uh, the thing with the star. It's aligned with this other star. And what star are you? And the stars are together. And consequently, I know who I'm dealing with. I know if this is a person I should date or this is a person I should be friends with because I saw again in the star and this. And these are all these attempts to to be a master of the game in an illicit way. Right, to, to control the truth. So we would say that uh, the, the moment that we begin to do that and, and we begin to try to, uh, uh, to, to uh, master, to, to, to be a master over truth instead of letting truth be a master over us, we make ourselves super duper vulnerable and, and super duper weak because it's us versus reality versus truth overall. So let's say, for example, Again, I want to believe that 2 plus 2 is 5 because it's to my self-interest. Maybe I said it at first as an instinct that it's 5 and now my pride got in the way. I don't want to go back and say it's 4. No way, right? I want to say that it's 5. So now it's me here saying 2 plus 2 is 5 versus probably the, just about everybody, billions of people. 
and versus logic itself and, and, and all of mathematics. But I'm here saying two plus two is five. So we see how weak and vulnerable I am. It's like I'm trying to stop a tsunami with uh, my hands, right? It's like I'm trying to uh, stop a, a, a spaceship from going to space by with a, a string or something. I guess there's no way, right? I'm super duper vulnerable and weak. But if, on the other hand, I switch my point of view to favor the truth, I say what I what, what seems to be the case, which is that 2 plus 2 is 4, all of a sudden, I'm as strong, at least in this case, as all of math, as all of logic, as billions of other people that would all here concede that 2 plus 2 is 4. But the good thing is that as long as I properly clarified the notions, all those billions of people can, in fact, be against me, and my position would still not be any weaker, right? Because that's the good thing about what we would call truth and clarity of thought, is that it doesn't matter what people say, what we say with our mouth, it matters what we can clearly conceive of. And if we can clearly conceive of something, we can clarify a certain idea or certain uh, 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 concatenation, meaning arrangement of ideas, that is what it is. So if we see, I see very, very clearly that 2 plus 2 is 4, then somebody tells me it's 5, I'm still very strong, right? I'm still backed by all of math and logic. Then 20 people tell me it's 5, I'm still good. Even a billion people tell me it's 5, I'm still good. So we see that the, the opinion can, can for, for basic things, it can be helpful, right? But it's not necessary. So that's the idea. Uh, but for this, in order to be as strong as reality and truth itself, I have to get myself on the side of reality and truth itself. I cannot be fighting it. I cannot be doing battle with it and trying to impose my self-will onto the game, quote-unquote. I Meaning it's not really a game at all. Onto truth. Right? And obviously the issue there, why it's so hard, is because the truth, if I've made myself, if I've put myself out of alignment with it, can be extremely, and it tends to be very, very painful and very brutal and very unforgiving. A basic example could be something like, who doesn't want to fly, right? What little kid doesn't want to fly uh, with, with his or her hands? We see little kids sometimes trying to flap their hands or their arms, <laughs> trying to, to fly up in the air. So it'd be really cool to be able to fly without an airplane, without a jetpack or whatnot, without a parachute, without a paraglider, just by, but like a bird, right? And yet the truth says, no, that, that's not going to work. That's not the way to go. So now if I say, you know what, truth, I don't care. I don't care what you say. I don't care what that uh, gravity, this, whatever that term refers to. I don't care what all of human experience and science says. I say I want to fly, so I'm going to fly. Right? So I go off of something, hopefully not very tall, and I jump and in, in expecting to fly by flapping my arms. I'm not going to fly. I'm going to fall. And again, hopefully it's not too tall and I just twist my ankle or something or just get banged up a little bit. But I see that if it is very tall, I can completely destroy myself, unfortunately. And here we see, again, an example of reality being unforgiving. Truth and reality doesn't care about our opinions. It doesn't care that I want to fly. It doesn't care that I wanted a nice video that would definitely go viral if I was able to flap my arms. That's not how it works and fly. It's not how it works. So there it's totally obvious, but it's obviously the same thing anywhere and everywhere else as it concerns our understanding of what's truly good for us as it concerns our management uh, uh, of our morality and of our animality and our relationships with other people. The truth is completely and utterly unforgiving. It doesn't budge even very, very slightly, not even the tiniest, tiniest little amount. And consequently, if we're misaligned with it even very, very slightly, we're going to feel 
the, the, the results. We're going to feel the impact, whether it's physically, where again, I thought that I could survive by eating pebbles and then I figured out that I can't, or morally, mentally, emotionally, where I held a misconception about how the world works and I ran with that misconception. And I found out that uh, uh, the, the result is, is some or another mental malady, is some or another departure from uh, any connection with goodness, any connection with, with, uh, with mental welfare, right? Uh, for example, any, any of an amount of examples, but say I, I have a misconception about uh, uh, myself and my relation to other people. I think that I am never wrong, but everybody else is always wrong. I never forgive anybody else's mistakes, but I forgive all of my mistakes. It's okay what I did. Doesn't matter what I did. I stole from you. It's all good. I uh, burned down your house, goodness forbid. It's all good. But you do a little something to me. You step in my shoes a little bit. That's it. I'm ready to kill you. It's completely and totally unacceptable. So this is a belief that I have about how the world works. Right? This is a statement. If I were able to verbalize it, this is a statement about reality. My good counts. My welfare. My interest count. And yours don't. Right? That's a, a logical, coherent position that we can possibly hold. And yet we say that, first off, it's not true. But if we, if we assume it's true and we run with it, then we're going to get tremendous consequences. Uh, physically, potentially, when we try to live out our philosophy and people are not about it, but certainly morally uh, and emotionally and so forth, as we see, that we degenerate into a, a selfish, contracted, uh, uh, tiny little creature that's a shell of anything uh, possibly resembling a human being, uh, totally wretched and miserable and, and self-contracted and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's an, an example there. And, and the same holds with anything else. So the idea is that we want to approach truth with tremendous humility, with tremendous cushion, uh, uh, with a tremendous desire to clarify what is really the reality. Now, when we say truth, also, the word can very easily come to designate whatever it is that we need for our agenda for our, excuse me self-interested ends the truth to everyone right naturally is whatever it is that i now want to believe or whatever it is that i now want to say so what do we mean exactly by truth right what are we approaching uh, right? where is it so the first thing we'd have to say is that uh, uh, terms uh, are not uh, 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 the same thing as that which they are intended to communicate so, for example, uh, we see that we can communicate the same idea uh, or refer to the same object with any one of uh, however many languages there are at present, probably, uh, who, who's to say exactly, but I see hundreds, thousands of languages there are, and we can say the same thing in certain languages. There might not yet be words for certain things, but then we can use more words uh, if there's not a single word. There's not a single word for uh, uh, for a, a cell phone, so we describe it different ways, communication, long distance, Yada, yada. All right. So we see we can say the same thing with different languages, which says that what we're saying is not synonymous with the given language. Right. If we can say hello in English, hello, and we can say it in Chinese, ni hao ma, and we can say it in Spanish, hola, and we can say it in French, bonjour, in German, guten tag. These are just different sounds. Right. But the, the sounds are not the same as that which they refer to, which is some kind of experience, some kind of reality, which is meant by these terms. So that's the first thing to say. And when we uh, think about what is truth, 
And then we try to uh, stick to simply terms. We're, we're left with just that ridiculous kind of medieval type of scholastic logic. Okay, let me prove it. Here's the sentence. This is proven because of this sentence. And that sentence is proven because of this other sentence and maybe this and that. All right, so here a different way to think about it perhaps is to pay attention to the substance as opposed to the terms themselves uh, and then simply to strive for the, uh, the utmost clarity of conception and, and thought that we are able to muster. So for example, first of all, we have to know that it's possible because we see that we were able to clarify affairs when it comes to tangible, uh, measurable uh, things with good feedback mechanisms. For example, how to build a bridge, how to build a cell phone, how to build a road, also things like how to build a business. We're able to figure things out when it comes to that. How to solve a, a crime. We're able to figure it out. So we have to believe and know that it's possible, even with very complicated things. Uh, right? As long as we have the will, we have the desire, we have the character, knowing that it's possible, we would do the same thing as maybe a detective does in, in clarifying a mystery, in clarifying uh, a, a case. How does the detective do it? By saying, here's my hypotheses or here's, here's my will, right? I want this person to be guilty. I don't want this person to be guilty. Here's my opinion. Let me just strictly take evidence that I care, that, that supports what I say, throw everything else out, pay attention only here and there. No, that, that obviously that can be done. Surely it's done a lot of the time, but that's called being at best a s extremely incompetent investigator, not worse, a corrupting criminal one. A good uh, criminal investigator, a good detective, a good Sherlock Holmes tries to take his or her will out of the picture. Let me clarify the fair, the, the, what's going on here as much as possible. I'll take, take into consideration all the evidence, the fingerprints and how things are moved around and the camera footage and I'll interview people. I really want to know the truth. There is a truth here. Who did this crime? Let's say who stole the TV. Somebody did steal the TV because it's not there or somebody took it. Maybe they didn't think they were stealing. That's part of the thing, but it's not there. So unless uh, the wind blew it away or something, somebody did take it. Maybe there's some other instance, maybe an animal, probably not a TV, right? But it's not there, whatever. Somehow it's not there. I need to figure out why it's not there. Now I can, <laughs> now I can go ahead and try to do that. So that's the idea. As it concerns any question at all, we can either begin to impose our self-will, begin to impose our opinions. I want things to be this way. I've already done in the past such and such things, and consequently, I need the world to be like this, to make me feel good, to not make me feel guilty, right? That's how we think. We hear something right away. No, this can't be true. Why not? Well, because I've done this, and you're saying it's wrong. This can't be true. Or, or, or uh, you know, my friend did this. I can't, it can't be true. Or, or, but I said something different before. This can't be true. So that's how we're thinking. 100% subjective, 100% unconscious and pathological. We can do that, or we can approach the matter like a competent detective and say, let me figure out what is the reality here. What is the truth of the matter? Right? And then we go with it, and we try to clarify. It doesn't mean there's a simple answer right away. Right? I want to figure out if it's right or wrong for me to, um, to, to do such and such thing. It doesn't mean that right away there's an answer, but I can have an attitude of truth. I can have an attitude where I believe there is a reality and I want to figure it out. And for those people that would say, oh, the reality is relative, yada, yada, these, these lines, sure, then that would be part of reality. It's certain things certainly are relative, right? I can look at a given person, and I can see my neighbor. Somebody else will see their mother or father. Somebody else will see their uncle or aunt. So these things are relative uh, based on the perspectives, but that's part of the truth, isn't it? 
right? So if we're, if we're going to say, oh, something is relative, okay, some things can be relative, absolutely. Some things most certainly are, if not all things, are contingent on the subject, the one who sees it, but that's part of reality. We're not trying to negate any legitimate aspect of reality here. We're trying to negate our psychological corruption, our moral corruption that prompts us to disregard tangible parts of reality, which can include the relativity of knowledge and the relativity of relations. But anyhow, that's the idea. So uh, our true good is to approach reality as a student, to be a student of the game, and except not the game, but of truth, a student of truth, not to try to master it, not to try to be the guru, right? the master. Oh yeah, I know everything. Trust me, I, the, uh, the universe and the, the star, like I read and this and that, not to do this nonsense, but to really, truly uh, uh, try to apprehend reality as best as we can and the good news is that it's not just for fun it's because that's our true good we're part of reality we have real desires we have a real nature we have real needs and demands and the only way to really truly satisfy them is in and through and with reality and not through fantasy as much as it seems right now that it's not to my good to figure out what's the truth i want xyz even if it's abc that's an illusion we would say our true good lies only in the truth. Consequently, let's be a student of the truth and get after it. Thank you for listening.